Welcome to Taking the Rams by the Horns, a podcast that takes current affairs out of current affairs. This is a podcast in partnership with Sowetan Live. I'm your host, Rams Mabote. South Africa is alive with possibilities. I mean, who would have imagined a former president in jail? A sitting president sleeping on cash, literally. A cabinet minister visiting a common prisoner in jail. Or even the post office operating, even when they have nothing to do. Can you confirm that delivery performances drop? Welcome to the new Sowetan Live podcast called Taking the Rams by the Horns with me, Rams Mabote. Each week, I will be taking a lighter look at very serious topics that half the time drive you up the wall. This podcast will use humor to take no prisoners, have no holy cows, and cook a whole lot of sacrificial lambs. You know, I don't think, um, so a, a GDP or a, a contraction or a technical recession wouldn't result necessarily in a downgrade alone. It would res, uh, would have to see um, what our fiscal health is, the debt profile, um, which is debt to GDP uh, numbers. We'd have to see whether the budget deficit has uh, widened or narrowed. We'd have to see also political uncertainty, um, whether rating agencies feel that this has worsened or not. Um, monetary policy seems to be doing quite well. So it's all these factors that would determine whether we are, uh, we'd get downgraded or not. You do not need more proof that you're listening to an economist. First, they sound erudite, worldly, and well-informed. Secondly, you have no clue what they say. And thirdly, they are convincing nevertheless. This is probably going to be one of the toughest episodes I will ever produce. It certainly is the hardest since this podcast was launched some 14 months ago. Tabilioka, by any other name or title, is an acquaintance of mine. In fact, in the context of why we are here, let me rephrase. Tabi is a friend of close acquaintances of mine. Actually, no. Tabi and I know each other, and that's the truth. And therefore, to be doing this episode on her is not the easiest thing. After all, they say, never kick a man when he's down. Although honestly and rationally, I think there is no better time to kick because they are unlikely to kick back when they are down. Anyway, let us recap. News broke out in the middle of last week that renowned economist Tabi Leoka may have falsified her qualifications. According to Business Day newspaper, there are no records that Leoka obtained a PhD degree from the London School of Economics. To say that the country was thrown into a deep crisis would be an understatement. The last time there was such collective shock was when Kaiser Chiefs fans threatened to disown the national football side because none of their players had been selected into the squad. When the news about Tabi broke out, most expressed shock. Some disappointment, others disbelief. Because Tabi is our hero, our children's role model, 
our representative in the offices high above the ground. To hear that she lied about her qualification was up there with the biblical disgrace of Esau selling his birthright to Jacob. I mean, ever since then, no one named Jacob has ever enjoyed a good run in their chosen path. But I digress. Fortunately, our collective trauma was supposedly going to be laid to rest when we learned that Tabu had agreed to give Clement Manyatela of Radio 702 an interview to set the record straight. Sadly, it sounded like a broken record. But let's go through the conversation step by step. So to be clear then, you insist that you hold a PhD in economics from the London School of Economics, right? Absolutely. You cannot get a clearer answer than that. That's what they teach at the School of Communication. But that was not so absolute insofar as the London School of Economics was concerned. The Business Day is reporting that they contacted a spokesperson of the university who says that, and I'm going to quote here, we have checked our mm. files and can find no record of Tabilioka being awarded a PhD from LSE. How do you explain that? So what happens is that they would definitely generally call the you know school registrar because I did the same um, uh, when I was asked by initially uh, Daily Maverick. And they would say, um, we're looking for, let's say as an example, to verify John Smith. And the university would check for John Smith in economics and they wouldn't find John Smith. But actually, I did uh, economics, economic history and economics, and um, they didn't use my full name. So that person would be John Smith Williams. And without verify using the right names, the school wouldn't then um, verify or, or, or confirm a name that is incomplete or the name that is not in their system. Are you as confused as I am right now? I stopped at John Smith because at that point, I was reminded of my childhood music icon, Richard John Smith, the one of Michael Rowe, the boat ashore fame. Remember? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm sure you get the drift. I felt that Tabby was doctoring her answer when she could have just told Clement how to search for her name at the London School of Business. I mean, doing a record search can be PhD material, right? Except Tabby had what she believed was a plausible explanation. She had changed her name from Batabile Lioka to Tabi Lioka, which was why it was hard to find her at the LSE. Makes sense, right? I, I must confess. It was at this point that I was intrigued. I mean, people change names for a number of reasons, and it is allowed. But people hardly ever change their first names, especially by simply dropping two syllables. Why? Even if there is something to hide, moving from Batabile Lioka to Tabiloka hardly ever does the trick. So what names should we ask for then? So let's say I want to check with the London School of Economics if you do indeed hold a PhD from the school. What, what the, names do I check with? Yeah, so the names have, I, I, you know, I changed my names um, and I can give them to you uh, offline, uh, but I did change my name. Offline? Why? 
I guess that Tabi was taking a leave from her namesake, or shall I say former namesake, Batabi Lezamini, a former cabinet minister who once sagely reminded us. All of us there in the NEC have our smolanyana uh, skeletons and we don't want uh, to take out uh, all uh, skeletons out because they will be, or hell will break loose. Keep my skeletons offline and I'll keep yours offline. So my friend, sorry, the friend of my acquaintances was not showing us a PhD certificate or even pictures of her graduation. She was not also going to tell us who her real or new name was. But she was resolute about one thing. She was going to take business day to the cleaners. Definitely responding legally. I think that this is tarnishing on someone's personality and, you know, uh, and has implications on their, uh, you know, professional life. And it's an unfortunate story. It's, I mean, it's a story that is run on the front page, I believe. I haven't seen it yet. Um, and it's tarnishing, I guess. Why go through the trouble of engaging lawyers when all you can do is fax your certificate to business day? Wait, did I just say fax? Well, at least I'm original. But you get my drift. Send a WhatsApp. Post it on your socials. I mean, call their bluff. Normally, such lawsuit threats are a diversion. Nothing comes of them. I'm still waiting for a threat made to me by the South African Democratic Teachers Union in 1995 that they were going to sue me and the Sunday Times for revealing the truth. I guess it is easier for such to organize a strike than to follow up on such threats. I digress again. You would have thought the drama was going to end with this interview. Far from it. Tabby dug in her heels and subsequently dug herself deeper into a hole when she posted what clearly was not an authentic certificate from the university. It did not help that the copy had a name Zaid Yasser at the top. I do not know where I'm going with this, but you be the judge. Things have since spiraled down for our time. She has resigned her board memberships on top JSC-listed companies, and even the perennially indecisive President Cyril Ramaphosa fired her from his prestigious Presidential Economic Advisory Council. This is sad. Very sad. But it did not have to end this way. Tabi did not have to be economical about the truth. She did not have to doctor her qualifications. As someone said to me recently, a master's degree from the London School of Economics, which Tabi already has, is probably more prestigious than a PhD obtained anywhere in South Africa. He was already accomplished and respected. And to sit on any boards, she did not need the title PhD, the same title that now has unseated her on those boards. But as she says in her own words... It is what it is. Or is it? Now, our next presenter is something of an overachiever, if you like. I'm told she originally wanted to be president of South Africa. So what did she do? She went to the University of London and got a PhD. To be president of South Africa, I think. (laughs) You see where I'm going with this? It was the writer, Peter Lawrence, who said, an economist is an expert who will know tomorrow why the things they predicted yesterday didn't happen today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Tabilioka.
But who exactly is Tabimo? Let us hope she corrects tomorrow what she told us yesterday. Well, that concludes this week's episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Taking the Rams by the Horns. Please send your comments to me via email on rams at ramsmapute. Let me know what you think of the podcast. Please share your views about Dr. Tavilion. Download the MySolating app and listen to more of my podcasts. We are also on Spotify. Follow us on X at Rams by the Horns and at Sowetin Live. From me, Rams Mabote, and Dr. Goodbye. And good news.